I want to make sure this is recording as well. No, it is. It's got. I got a red dot. We are recording. Okay. They just so Anchor just. Um, I mean, they're owned by Spotify, Anchor FM, and now Anchor FM has become Spotify for podcasters. So, yeah. oh man, the app's sweet. You can log in and see all of our work and our library, and it's neat. I saw the uh, first episode of the season was crushed. It. First episode. Which one? I was, oh yeah, I, don't yeah, know. I was yeah. looking at the stats and the first the first stats episode high, crushed man. it. Yeah, crushed it. Yeah. And then, yeah, everyone didn't want to come back. We didn't have a good sophomore. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah, it was still good, but people expectations, man, expectations too high. Like on, like on Scotty Barnes. <laughs> yeah, they were yeah. pissed. It's like, what do they want from us, man? They want yeah. uh, all the smoke, just like that in one season. Yeah. <laughs> so how's it going? Good, are you? pretty good man yeah well as good as can be i think i'm i've you know i've accepted the suck and mm. you know i 15 games back in the east not in in our division not the conference not in the league 15 games back yeah yeah and after this last road swing yeah it was a tough one it was a tough swing we watched austin reeves play I I want to say Larry Bird because he's white but I don't want to play the skin card but just can't happen like that can't happen like that Our last game against the Raptors like we legit like we I thought that we we uh, can contain Anthony Davis pretty good but yeah somehow D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell and uh, Austin Reeves killed us. killers yeah how do <laughs> I've always been a fan of D'Lo, man. I think D'Lo is a killer. Like he, like mentality wise, yeah. you know, when, when he's like, I need a bucket, he'll get a bucket. Um, yeah. And that was the glaring obvious again. Uh, Nick Nurse, X's and O's guy. Yeah. Um, are Are you starting to change your opinion from what I said before on on Nick? Uh, yes, actually, I'm, I'm leaning towards like he's got to do. I got to see some improvement from him or some, like, we can't keep going back with, like, the same kind of Nick Nurse kind of mentality as Mm -hmm. the offense hasn't grown. No. Um, I think the first year, first year when Nick Nurse was here, we won a championship, but we had Kawhi. Yeah. Did we cover up, like, a lot of, like, holes in Nick Nurse's coaching or? Well, it, you're right, and I got to give credit where credit's due. Like we talked about this before, it's not Kawhi was is all world powerhouse. You do have experience and a voice in the locker room, and, and Kyle Lowry, and you know Kyle Lowry was still playing at a high level, and you also had Serge Ibaka, another voice in the locker room, very disciplined, yeah. uh, very passionate, right? Yeah. And then you bring in a Marcus Saul with basketball IQ through the roof. So these little pieces and intangibles they all they all add up right um yeah we can we can analyze that season until we're blue in the face but as those pieces uh start to chip away like let's hey man past you always said that pasco plays to his average in the bubble we may be competing for that eastern conference title um what i don't see from nick nurse um, is an ability to um, 
evolve his players, help his players evolve. Right. You know, like his players get better, but in terms of like a mentality, I don't, I, I, I don't see it. You know, I don't see, and maybe that's not his skill set, but, um, well, Greg Pop, you know, the great coaches do it, right? Like you see Pop, Pop will do it. He'll take his player aside and take him out for dinner or he'll do whatever he has to do that that's behind the scenes you see steve kerr does the same thing when you have superstars you have to get them to the next level you know i think like with thing there's like i think he inherited a lot of a lot of players and didn't have to like really develop much much of the exactly players. yeah I his mean, development yeah yeah so i think i think it's like a learning process right now for him as well because i think winning the chip what like, I think his best, like, like a like his best coaching year was the the year after they won the chip, big time. Uh, yeah, it wasn't particularly when they won the chip, but the year after when they were rolling. Uh, when mm-hmm. you have Norm, you have I think was Search still there, right? Yeah, they was did. There, there was Kyle uh, was there, yeah. uh, Mark was there. So I thought that year, a, I thought he his coaching was phenomenal but once all the veterans and the leaders left and he, he had to yeah. develop in like the next core and yeah, he, he struggled a lot to develop and you know I, i'm not saying you got to be a huge cheerleader but at least one game out of a five game road swing that's crucial you got to be able to have something up your time out and get people they should they should be fired up they should be they're in the nba but they're obviously they're young men they're rattled you know they're playing on the road um crap i saw that scotty mic'd up their most vocal leader is a 22 year old kid um not you know that's talking i shouldn't say most vocal leader but the basketball iq is a lot higher than i thought Look at the slam article. There's a slam article, and it was from that season that you're talking about, the season after we won. And uh, it, it's it's a fantastic article. It's got Kyle, Mark, Serge, Norm, OG, Freddie, Pascal. You know, and that's a that, that's a seven deep experience used to playing with each other. Yeah. Um, Nick can coach with that. He knows. He knows. Ex- the thing is, you know exactly what you're going to get when you got some young guys in there, um, like uh, like a Bush or a um, Gary Trent. And I'm not blaming any of these guys. Um, there's got to be like you have a huge coaching staff. There's got to be somebody who can take Gary aside and say, "Hey, here's what I see. What's happening when you're over freaking nine. Yeah. You know, here's what I see. What do we need? To, what, what do we need right now? Let's let's. That's what coaching is. It, you don't just. I have no idea what they're saying or what's happening, but Gary to go zero for eleven in a basketball game. Way too good. That was that was Kyle Lowry's job. You know, you pull people aside and side and, and give yeah, them pick them up. Yeah, and yeah. you know, it should be obviously. Fred's learning that. I think Fred's got about three or four years before he hits that level. Maybe three years, two or three years before he hits that level, before he can get there. It took a long time for Kyle to get that voice. And it also took Kyle like a number of teams. He His journey wasn't that great. You know, when you look at he came in the league and the guy was blacklisted. It's kind of how he ended up in Toronto. Right. Um, always had the talent. Uh, but I want to 
my, and I'm falling back into this. I'm not hating on him. I'm just calling out an observation. You've got, <coughs> you've got David Blaine, you got Dr. Strange, and you've got uh, David Copperfield, and you've got Pascal Siakam, who are the best at disappearing in big moments, just completely disappearing. I am. Um, anything that he can do in the first, second, third quarter, fourth quarter, he can still physically do. The defense is the same. There's, they're not throwing anything at him. It's all in his head, and it's all in his willingness and his drive. And that, that's where I was yeah. saying I want, I want a killer. And I'm not saying a coach can do that, but there has to be something or somebody that can his next gear. You know, if Pascal Siakam was a killer, like I need a bucket, yeah. I'm getting a bucket. If I miss this because they put four on me, fine. But I'm I'm getting this bucket. I'm not gonna let the coach draw a play up for me. I got this. Because like you know, for like if you think back to the the Laker game, like yeah. when the Lakers were making a run near the end of there to the fourth, right? Yeah. Um, when you're like the number one option. Instead of always waiting for the the ball to come to you, you got to demand right. as well. And you got it, yeah, yeah. How exactly. many plays did you see where the like the the play ran through Siakam? I'm, I'm not even blaming Nurse. I think the player at a point yeah. has to take ownership. Oh, yeah. and go go get the ball and go make a play. And that's it. Yeah, I agree. If it wasn't. March, Justin. If if we're not in March and we are just coming off, um, it's not just a, this swing, but like these were as must win as it gets. Like this was a, you had a few a few games in there. The Lakers with with some injuries, and you had the the Wizards where you had an opportunity to. I mean, road games are always tough. But you had an opportunity to come out of a five game swing, three and two, and get back to five hundred. Yeah. And with the exception of an overtime win that you almost crap the bet on um you were at risk of going oh and five but that that laker game really made me so mad like it was awful yeah like right now if you think of it who's the the leaders the top two option of the tournament Raptors? pascal siakam and fred van fleet supposed to be yeah that's that's who it's you're right so the top two options is for 38 minutes it's pascal and fred and Pascal scored 12 and yep. 40. I mean, you talk to players like you both can't have games. a cold night. No, yeah, you're right. Like, so, if, if they score like maybe 10 more points to win that game, OG and Scotty both at 30, 30 plus. Man, Scotty down the stretch, yeah, he he wanted the bucket, he wanted the ball, he backed in, he played physical. He got in there. He had the big steals and the big buckets. He didn't shrink. So, like, that that was a huge game for me to watch. A huge game for me to watch. And you've heard me saying that for the past, probably the past couple months, like, I want killers. And when yeah. I, you talk about demanding the ball and drawing up a play, D'Lo had no business shooting a couple of those shots, man. Like, yeah. that was some that was some Dave Lil-type type game. Like, I'm going to... Um, we need a bucket. I want to put this away. He's energy, feeling good. He's back in the lineup, just bombing. And 
I don't see that confidence from a single yeah. person on our team. Yes, you got to blame the player, but organization wise, man, you got to be able to pick those players up. I mean, that's what separates you from an NBA coach, right? Yeah. Um, like he's, look, he's got to develop the bench. Like all season, he's been running his running uh, the starters, starters because starters to the ground. Like, you're right, and that's the example that that you just talked about. His biggest season, arguably, well, I think it is as well as coach of the year, was when he had those seven veterans on his lineup. Yeah. You know, he had a rough year in Miami. Fair enough, he let that go. But, um, and I'm not saying Nick's a dud because. Man, he can go somewhere else and turn a ragtag bunch of kids just by putting in a system. But then after a couple of years, without being able to develop talent and hang hang around, you're going to be that coach that he's got to evolve too, man. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like the offense, when I look at it, it's so stagnant. Like, oh, Will it's... Bar- like I've seen nothing from Will Barton. Why the why the why is he playing more than Precious? Why is he playing more than Boucher? Like more than Boucher, more than Precious, it. more I than uh, more than Malachi. Like, yeah, I'm I'm not the biggest uh, the biggest fan of Malachi, but I I mean as a as a as a player, but Malachi Flynn put in the work, man. When you see him out there, he's not making the same mistakes. Um, he'll get you a bucket. Uh, give give the kid a shot. At, at this point, what do you got to freaking lose, man? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not the biggest Malachi because I don't think he plays defense. But at yeah. least he can kind of stretch the offense out a little bit. Yeah, three. yeah, he's under. Yeah, he is. He's undersized and underprepared from from that standpoint on this squad. Um, I saw big time fourth quarter starters on the bench. Nick lets runs go way too long as well. Um, yeah, Boucher, who's been I've been really happy with, um, especially since like Christmas again, a lot of energy when he comes in there, you know, he's, he weighs, seems like a buck and a half getting knocked around, but he'll go for any board between anybody. Yeah. Um, but, and usually if he's got an open three, even if it's contested, he'll shoot over him. I watched him uh, right before Nick called, uh, right before a huge bucket, Nick called his timeout and got his starters in there in the first quarter, the fourth quarter. He lined up for a three, knew that the defender was uh, flying in, kind of sidestepped him. And instead of then shooting, you could tell he was shook. You could tell his confidence. He passed it for, a, for an even tougher defended shot. I don't know who was in the corner, if it was Gary or yeah. Will. Uh, but, anyways, I. That's I, I I was screaming at TV. I'm like, okay, that's a problem. Yeah. Nobody wants to shoot. Everybody is shook. Uh, and that was going on for for a for, for a couple of points, man. Call timeout. It's it's like you want to run your <laughs> like you just said. Uh, the Raptors run their uh, Nick Nurse runs his uh, veterans into the floor, except for when they're on a run and wants to have them rest. Yeah. You're making zero sense, man. It, that point don't watch the game call them in you know get them get their heads in the game get them up it just i i don't know man i'm not calling for nick nurse's head like i'm not calling no but i think they have to think about it now messiah's involved he has to think about it he's got a right guy yeah well exactly especially you know 
I'm just I'm thinking about next year at this point. Do you, do you think thinking, well, how much how much of like Gary Trent's struggles do you think is because he was the guy that came out of the starting lineup and onto the bench? I think a lot. I think not getting traded. Um, knowing, okay, you don't get traded, then you go to the bench when you are in position to possibly get traded. I want to give you the bag to lowering your minutes and maybe, but not even maybe, that knocks his it's it, it, going down the stretch and him not being in the lineup is going to knock down his price, his uh. His um his his uh salary expectations or salary uh what do you call it offerings, um. And right now I say that because I don't see anything from the Toronto Raptors except for a couple players of them being nothing but a ball team basketball team like a bunch of guys who are balling and I mean that as in there's not a collection of players that fuck we got a paycheck right now but we we got to win. We're in win now mode. Every game yeah. counts. We got energy. Like there's, I see. It's such a different Raptors team. Probably, um, man. I'm going back to like maybe like the late the late two thousands. So no matter what, they competed, and you always had energy in the arena. You had energy from the players. They're just out there looking like everyone kind of like an OG, not much energy. You know, OG doesn't wear a lot of emotion, but the rest of these guys are just, I don't see it. I don't see, I don't see a will to win. Like I, like I don't see a sense of urgency. I just see like, Hey, this is our contract. Our, our job is to play basketball. That's what I'm seeing. How much do you think is that, that is personnel versus coaching? Um, so I think, and I'm a big believer in this in life in general. And I think sports, sports commentary functions best when it's uh, when you can create a dichotomy of just binary, when you could just say one, zero, yes, no coach player. Um, and I'm not ready to say it's one bigger than the other. I think it's a, it's, I think it's, in such dire need that it's something that you have to look at um, almost organization wide. Like you, you really got to take a look at the coach and the player personnel and coaches. I think the Raptors are on the cusp of a huge, um, I wouldn't say a rebuild, a reload, you know, like you've got Scott, Scotty Barnes is like, I see him now physically. I see him now mentally. Um, you saw him at the rookie game, teaching people how to the all-star game, teaching guys how to, how to hoist a trophy and behave like you've been there before. (laughs) Those clips were great. Uh, So you've got him. And I just watched a couple highlights that were circulating. I'm not sure if you saw them of Giannis in his first season, his first couple seasons. Yeah, just different, and I'm like, wait, that that is right. Scotty's still gonna grow a little bit. That that's gonna be a monster out there, yeah, an absolute monster, an absolute beast. So, 
we said it, you said it since he got drafted. I said he's a foundation. You got something special you can build and almost rebrand, remarket these Raptors as yeah. a but, but there's a big but there, and that's you're cutting. That means you're put either telling Pascal you're taking a back seat or you're cutting them loose. You're, in my humble opinion, you're 100% getting rid of Fred. Um, you could buy Gary, of course. You know, he's going to get his bag elsewhere. Um, <coughs> OG, I would, I, I, I'd love to build around OG and keep OG, but I, you don't know with that guy, man. He's such a poker player. Yeah. What yeah. do you, what do you know? But I think, um, I think with, what I'm trying to say is it's personnel and coaching and sum it up, sum this up real quick is I don't think Nick Nurse goes to the next step, the next evolution. I think you rebrand, you reload, and you don't take that leadership on. You don't make it Nick and Scotty's growth. Mm. I think you involve Scotty in the conversations. I, I I do think that's where you're at. You or you make the decisions with with the with the Scotty in mind. Okay. Like, I don't know how about you. Like, um, it's kind of tough because I think you have like a lot of like you Gary and Fred are the two big free agents and. OG has one more year left. So within next year, year and a half, you have to decide what direction this team is going. It can mm-hmm. be either you're going to continue to build upon this or you're going to maybe trade them away, gather picks, and maybe try to go after another another star or something or go through the draft or something. Because mm-hmm. when, when I look at this Raptor team, as much as I like Scotty, this team is full of number two, number three options. They don't have yeah. that number one option. Nope. Uh, like, I'm going to probably get a lot of flack from the Raptors Nation about Pascal, but to me, Pascal's not a number one option. No, you're not. He, I think he's an excellent number two option. Yeah. Scotty, I don't think he's a number one option. I think he, he's a guy that can run the plays, and mm-hmm. but I don't see him as that number one guy. I see him more as a facilitator, kind of mm-hmm. like... Yeah, kind of like more of like you get the ball to the to, to your number one option and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Fred, Fred, I think he's a number. He's he's a he would be a great uh, third option on a championship team. Oh, great! Yeah, I'd great like, third option. Maybe still even. Um, I think real quick to your point, people really need to let go of that uh, weight they put on number one option. Number one option doesn't mean that you have to be the best player, right? Yeah. Magic Johnson was an MVP. He, like you said, to that point, you were a facilitator, man. You were all over that court. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you can get a bucket, but he finds the guys with the buckets. Pascal and all these guys you're talking about, they have number one potential. Scotty's got number one option potential if he wants to be, but look what you're yeah. giving up by making him do that. Man, Pascal like, has the potential. He's not number one option. You could like, still be me, an all star and not be number one option. Let me say that again. Like, Scotty. Right now is not a number one option. Maybe no. he'll develop into it, but, but even I mean, if he does, there needs needs to be a lot yeah. of development in, in yeah. his game before I would call him a number one option. And I I would I would also say I think to your point about getting that person who's a number one option. I think the Raptors would be stronger without having him as a number one option. I've said having the facilitator, he'll still get his twenty and ten a game, but yeah, 
and I, I, and I mean it, I want, I want a bucket, man. I want to kill her. Yeah. And with the OG, like, I think he has one more year left on his contract. Like, OG, I understand he wants, like, a bigger role. Mm-hmm. He wants a bigger role, and he wants to probably eventually get paid more. But he, he's a 3 and D kind of guy. Like, I don't see him as, like, a number one, number two, maybe a number three, number four option. Oh, for sure. That, yeah. That's what I that's what I see OG as. I think he's, like, that prototypical 3 and D kind of guy. I just don't see him, like, handling the ball or you giving the ball, telling him to go get a bucket. I, I really don't see that with OG. No, and that's what I think the excitement was about for me this year was he didn't have to be. If yeah. My God, I mean, he, he shouldn't. He shouldn't have to be. Um, these big games that he has shouldn't – these big games that he that, – the big game that he just had shouldn't come just because Pascal doesn't show up and Freddie's – chucking bricks uh shouldn't happen but unfortunately that's that's where we are but you got me thinking a lot about that you got an opportunity too um next year with og there if let let's say we continue next year og pascal and um uh of course scotty right if that's going to be like your three core going forward Fresh is there as well, developing. I would like to see that not happen with Nick Nurse. You've got to show, you got to show OG that you're going the right direction. You've got to get another gear out of Pascal, and you got to show Scotty that you're committed to change and winning. And this season, I've said it before. I can't think of another organization and GM president that would put up with this much consistent losing. Every team has had injuries. And I hate it when Raptors nation says, yeah, but we've had injuries. Every team has had injuries big time, a lot. You know, Jason Tatum has been out of the lineup. uh, Brown's been out of the lineup. Giannis has been out of the lineup. These have happened. Uh, You can't, you can't play as bad as, as they've played and not have scrutiny on the coach. Yeah. And the only thing that, and I had to come to grips with this. I'm a very sentimental and emotional person. I had to come to grips with this. There's so much weight on laurels, on what you did in that chip and the bubble. That's a different time. We don't run like that as 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 a fan base. We don't. I don't want to fall into that. I don't want to fall into what we what we did. I just want to play devil's advocate, but like, yeah, you don't want to overreact and make a, a mistake. I would say. I understand what you're saying. Sal and Bobby are just trying to let them kind of like, kind of find chemistry together, kind of like grow together. Um, I think that. I thought like you might say you're... that. I thought you might say that. So let's. Go back. You fire the coach of the year. Right when the players and everybody in the organization thought they were taking the next step. This is before they uh, um, before they signed Kawhi, before, before the trade for Kawhi. But you fired the coach of the year. And whether you like Dwayne, you don't like Dwayne, 
you still fired the coach of the year. And then you made a monster move. And I, hey, listen, if Dwayne Casey was still the coach, Raptors, and the, and the moves were made, we still want a chip with that lineup, with what with, with the way things went down. I don't think Nick Nurse makes a difference in that championship run. I think he did a great I, job. I totally disagree with that. Really? <laughs> yes. I don't I don't no think way. Casey would have brought that team any further than what they did. Because I think they I think Casey probably got them as far as they could, maybe probably like three years before he got fired. And the team just kept stagnated. They couldn't get over okay. that next hump. That's then, why he got fired three, say, three years later. Okay. Well, then, do are you, you know, Einstein's uh, uh, definition of insanity, doing the same things over, over and over again to expect different results. Do you just let a couple years, more years go by of Nick not, not producing? I'm um, why I no, think no, I'm no, saying, I was just man. I was just bringing that that as like a conversational point. Like if, yeah. if maybe the the team is is quite young. So I don't know how much like is Masai just letting them play through it and maybe hopefully they'll see something different or do you or give it a year or two or I think you he... make the change right now. Oh uh, yeah, maybe not make a change right now. Maybe wait till the summer. Maybe maybe at least give the season. But and is there I'm making like, the call uh, right now. I'm and is there right. a coach out there that you feel is a bet is better suited for this team? So I haven't taken a look enough, but it's something that I think I want to really want to dig into and start paying attention to. Yes, there's there are coaches in every sport that are sitting on a bench. It's like there's players sitting on a bench that just need a shot. Nick, Nick, Nick is one of them. And like I said, Nick nurse will get a head coaching job and do fine. I just want to see change. I think to your point about like the way Kate Casey has taken him, I don't think he has anything to offer in the, and I'm going to, this is awful to say, I don't, I'm just calling it like I'm watching the game. You have nothing, no control, no strategy, nothing against the zone defense in the last three minutes of a game. Nothing. Zero. Zilch. Nothing to contribute. Okay. That records. Uh, yeah, I saw that. They struggled against that. Not all season and last season. There's nothing. If they have a lead, you can protect the lead and you can lock down with your X's and O's and you can play defense. You can do it. When you when you have to get a bucket and you have to stay competing, he has nothing. He's, he, he looks rattled, frustrated, angry at the refs. And it just ends up being a 30-foot 30, 30 heave. 30-foot heaves, a shooter's chance. And do I think there's coaches out there that – can take that step and will have that drive to get that. Yeah, I do because they're hungry. I'm not saying he's not hungry. I, I, I still think, and I, Nick is still one of my favorite coaches. I'm calling this as an old man who is a fan of the Raptors. And I don't want to end up like we talked about. I don't want to end up watching like I did with DeMar and Kyle every year, having so much potential and every fucking year, nose diving because of an inability to pivot change. Um, 
I know I'm putting so much on this last road trip, but that was it, man. Like you had to, you know, all this talk of, are we healthy? We were fully healthy, man. No injuries except for Otto Porter, maybe Banton. Like nothing of any sort of uh, any any substance. And we got outplayed. Probably every single night we got outplayed. We had runs where we didn't. But my goodness, man. And hey, to your point, you know, uh, that wasn't LeBron James out there and AD on his best night. Yeah, that, that was that was Austin Reeves. That's not yeah. Like if if I told you AD was gonna score only eight points, we would, would I'd think say the Raptors were winning, right? We're winning, and some of those buckets were just they were effort, man. Uh, are you kidding me? Like Austin Reeves didn't just that, that like that's that that's when I call out Fred Van Fleet. Like you can't even keep Austin Reeves in front of you, and he wasn't throw... defending him. And that's we had thing. to throw one, throw one of our best defenders on him, like a Scott. Thad, oh, gee, that's like, come on, you're, okay. That's not Thad was on right him. There. Thad fell over. No, you're right. Thad fell over. I don't blame Thad. I don't blame <laughs> yeah. Thad. Like Thad's like uh, 37 years old. <laughs> yeah, OG. But like OG got shook off the dribble on him. Um, it, I was. That's why I was like, "What is happening right now?" That's that's put a body on him. That should be Fred's matchup right there. It should be because the guy's it trash. Should be. Yeah, it like, should be. Because De- D'Angelo's a better player than Reeves, right? So we're throwing one of our yeah. defenders at him, right? So yeah, Fred we did. has to take the weaker guard defender or the player. And if you can't yeah. oh, get that and we have a switch right. body on him, that's where you're not worth 30 mil right there. And and that's where they – when I watched that game, when they did make switches, they either, you're right, you try to get a switch to Fred or – they try to get a switch to Pascal, and every player did. They, they would drive, he would turn his body and wait for the help to come. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I just thought of a play, and I laughed my butt off about this, but I remember, like I said, heart, man. I want somebody who, even if you just show me that, just put a body in front of him. I remember Norman Powell, I can't remember who we were playing against, but uh, I think it might have been and they're coming down the court and he was like beating the floor with his hands like saying come on sure buddy the guy's gonna school you but at least you're down in your stance you're low you're gonna give everything you can put do something get in front of him and they didn't like he had wide open dunks man help didn't come not enough movement feet slow like holy. i don't know man like fred after he made the all-star team just he gave up his he gave yeah. up his groin for that. Like, he did. Oh, he gave up his groin. He gave up. Well, you know, hey, here's the thing. So Sarah told me this. My wife told me this a long time ago about bet on yourself. She never liked it. She's never liked the phrase bet on yourself. And now it's kind of coming to fruition, Justin. We always liked it. Bet on yourself. You made the team. Bet on yourself. You you led the bench mob. Bet on yourself. You won a chip. Bet on yourself. You made an all-star team. Bet on yourself. Your team's not doing good. Bet on yourself. You need the bag. Bet on yourself. We get the new agent. Right, right. It works both ways. Bet on yourself can take you very far, but inevitably, if your only mentality is bet on yourself, the only thing you're going to get f about is bet on yourself. And that yeah. we never, nobody looked at it. I didn't. Sarah saw from a mile away. I didn't look at it like that. 
Alvin talking about it. He's like, Fred, man, he's going to bat on himself. And I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. I'm batting on myself, but are you betting on yourself to not take that brick, to not drive and with a ton of hands who got two feet on you yeah. to throw like, up a, a layup Sunday, and yeah. die. Like the bet on himself mentality is hurting the Raptors too much. Yeah. Me, not enough. We from him right now. And, yeah. but I can't, and I can't hate it because he built this and we helped build an entire brand. We gave him the keys to say bet on yourself. Yeah, he's doing all he's doing is everything he said he was going to do from the moment he freaking got undrafted. It so yeah. that's something that I just totally forgot to bring up. I bring that up the last few times we talked. I never looked at it like that. I mean, does that make sense, right? Yeah. You, bet, yeah. you bet on yourself can hurt a team as much as it can help a team, and right now it's hurting. Yeah, it's hurting bad and that's that's why our frustration with that's where frustration with fred comes from you're really not looking at what's best for the team you are looking at what's best for fred van fleet as evidenced by and i have his back on it but that's still a bet on yourself mentality calling out ben taylor like that yeah yeah i mean it was i didn't think the final was too bad like (laughs) that's not bad but to your point you know what Woo. I think the Raptors had tough times, tough calls before. Like that Lakers game was, uh, I believe it might have been nationally televised. And that's the other thing too, man. You're on national TV at the 8.30 p.m. time slot. Yeah. Man, y'all just come on. <laughs> so, yeah, he's uh, he's at, he's at the primetime time spot. Um, that's got a lot of eyes on it. Yeah, now we got, you know, who do we got coming up here, man? We're in trouble. Got Denver, yeah, there you go. We got Denver in Toronto. Hey. I'm not expecting many calls to go. We got Oklahoma City in Toronto. I, you know, they're going to murder us with the calls. <laughs> There's not billions of eyes on that game. That thing's not getting tweeted and sent around. We got Minnesota, Indiana, <laughs> Detroit, Washington. We're going to get butchered. Automatic loss with Detroit. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna we're just totally we're just gonna get murdered on calls. Yeah. So yeah, I mean we end the season with some big teams and big games, high marquee matchups, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. What do you, what do you think of like the whole um with the calls with Freddie's fine all the way to Scotty's ejection? Scotty's ejection was um, I mean, it's not the same, but, <laughs> the but I, think, Sunday, I think I think we don't know what he said. We right? don't know what he said, but okay. At that point in the game, and that was a really soft foul. It, it was such unheard. a soft foul. All soft he did foul. is he raised his arms. That's fertile. I think it was fertile, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. I mean, like his uh, Scotty's reaction. He raised yeah. his arms. He couldn't have said more than two or three words, even if he said "what the fuck," or he said something. Even if he threw a couple profanities in there. I think Do you what really? I, d- what I, I read online was Scotty said something along the lines of "these refs are cheating." 
Uh, I think that but, that's what I read. I, I can't verify that, but that's what I read. And but he was everything he, he was like saying it to himself. Regardless, so I think it got got overheard by the refs. And the even refs. if it did, you know, these are grown men. These are million dollar top top athletes, professionals. Yeah. This isn't a high school basketball game where you need to teach them discipline. Who are you? Shaq, that Shaq quote from like, I don't know, I think it was like early 2000s or late 90s when Shaq just, this Daniel Stern wants to know why we're losing money. You got, you know, I, I can't remember what he said, but it was it was awesome. I'm sure you didn't get fined 30 for that, but uh, it, it's true, man. You, and It's happening a lot more in the NBA. They're not. Yeah. They're not making comments that are hurting the game. They're hurting the feelings of the officials. Yes, they're over. The officials are really oversensitive. This, and like, this generation. I don't want an abuse of an official. I don't think an abuse abuse should ever be tolerated or taken. Yeah, but, I don't think so either. But, but in a close game, in the dying minutes, you gotta allow some emotion. It's like impossible yeah. to not have emotion in a basketball game. Yeah. It's impossible. Like the like a video of like I mean Jordan Poole, he just passed yeah. the ball to the ref like a little harder. And he got a little harder. Got teed up. <laughs> you know, it's not gonna change behavior. It's gonna make them more angry. And if anything, if I if I'm getting like they like uh like all the commentators always say the players who commentate always say make it worth your while young man make it worth your while they're going to make it worth their while and then you're going to have a problem because a kid in the audience is going to hear it and it's going to be even worse i just never like it seems like they're oversensitive these days compared to like maybe the early 2000s Big time i never they seen are. these soft these soft t- technical calls no it, it, you yeah, are you kidding me um <laughs> I'm looking at like wow, I'm looking at the entire piston squad. I'm looking at I'm looking at Boogie. I'm looking at uh Sheed. Sheed yeah. Sheed would be in prison. Like they they would they lock him up. You know what I'm saying? Like these guys, God, you you're you're you gotta be kidding me right now. <laughs> and I know you know you can't compare to the old days, but I don't think Sheed should have got some of the teas that he got. And he oh, was yeah, there's a compared, really really famous one where he was just staring down the ref, didn't say a yeah, word. Didn't say a word you got <laughs> for staring. Yeah. You know, and that's a that's that call comes after years of abuse on the refs. And that's probably was he probably did abuse the refs. He probably said some pretty terrible things. Um <laughs> but I'm saying a young man, young kid, Scotty Barnes, and you, it, you, you know his personality. You, he's not, and I, I'm actually a huge advocate for um, Job Morant, so I'm not going to crap down Jaws' um, throat right now. But that's not Scotty Barnes. Yeah, that's not him. Why? That is just such a. It was such a. I think if he was on a big market American team, it would have been much bigger news, and then it would have amplified what Freddie did the next night, right, or the next the next game. Yeah. Brutal man, brutal calls. Um, 
I just love the analysis of Freddie's video. Like they pinpointed what he was thinking about it. He like rubs his mouth. He's like, ah. and it's like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> he was thinking, is it worth 15 K? And he, he just did it. He just said it. And he never apologizes. His, uh, his, uh, what he said, he, he um, didn't apologize for the remark. He didn't like his actions, which is fine, but yeah. he meant every, he meant every word of it, man. And he had every right to say it. And, uh, I wish the Raptors, if you would, if you would have told me, and you know, through March that the Raptors were going to be last year, you said halfway through the March, the Raptors are going to be on first take in the morning. I'd say, yeah, man, because they're they're making a run. We're going towards the playoffs. Um, if you'd have said no, it's going to be because you know Fred Van Fleet is getting fined for talking refs. I think you're crazy, but he did, man. He's got like whole NBA on his back, all the players and <laughs> we, we, finally, we finally made it. We finally the made big, it. Yeah. Made it onto the uh, big US mark uh, ESPN. The, you know, we're un overrated now. That was all a right, long rant. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> one, one, one last thing uh, before we yeah. end this. Um, we didn't really have like a trade deadline recap show. So no, we what did you think about the, the moves the Raptors made? I think that's that. why I did uh, I wasn't geared up. I think I had so much anxiety, Justin, going into the uh, trade deadline. <laughs> and when it when we got Yak, and that was it. I just didn't even feel the need to pick up a mic or anything. I was like, ah. obviously now in retrospect, <laughs> I'm you, like, you were expecting some fireworks, right? With was, Fred and Trent. I was expecting some big changes and to hopefully get through this season and mm. you know retool for the next year and. But now I'm like, you know, it's funny how people turn. There was I, I follow a lot of people, you know, on, on Twitter, and they're they're, oh, yay, we're gonna we got our team still, and right now they're like, Miss Bobby, we could have got so many picks, <laughs> totally, totally throwing them under the bus. I don't know how about you, happy with Yak? I like him. I like him as a player. I just the only thing I kind of question is the timing. Um, I wasn't. I'm not sure if at this deadline I would have been a buyer when your team's like. I think at the time they were tenth. Yeah, they were. Like yep. I, I, I'm not sure I would have been a buyer. I would probably wait till the off season. Just let yeah. them play it out. Wait till the off season and then kind of maybe like try to make a pitch for Purtle. I think I, that I, I, I do like Purtle. He he makes a big difference defensively on this team. I think with your – you're absolutely right. And, well, defensively, rebounds, I get it. He's he's helped us through to a few wins. But you're right. At the 10 spot, um, Pirtle's a huge help. He'll be a huge help next year too. Yeah. We needed a bucket. We needed a bucket bad. Yeah. Bad. And uh, getting a guy who um, is going to get – He's gonna get thrown to the line a lot and probably shoots about 50-60% from the free throw line and can't shoot a three as one attempt his whole career. After Masai said we have to be able to shoot threes, it doesn't answer the question for us. Like I think Pirtle make, makes a big difference in finishing on the rim and just being yeah. a presence in there. But I probably would have wouldn't have been a buyer. I'll be probably more of a stand pat or seller. Stand pat or sell, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't because uh, you knew you knew Pearl wanted to come back to Toronto, so I probably yeah. would have waited for the off season and 
could have waited. Yeah. Man, I just can't believe Will Barton was our that's our, you know, that that's our noisemaker. You got guys getting bought out and going to teams and it's all exciting and we got Will Barton. I was like, who? Why? I, I know who he is. I know who he is. I like Will Barton. I mean, I got nothing against him, but it's not, that shouldn't even, <laughs> shouldn't even have made the news. <laughs> it should have just showed up and said, hey, Will Barton's on our team now. That would have been fine for me. <laughs> I didn't need a big announcement and introduction because it, it, it literally reminded me of, of the Jalen move, you know, like it's yeah. a, it's a reliable person you have on the floor. Jalen like played like what ten minutes? Ten minutes, <laughs> something he, like that. <laughs> and he didn't play in the playoffs either. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a guy. What I was thinking is, it's a guy in practice who knows maybe how to go against the first unit. <laughs> so <laughs> that's it. I, I have no idea, but that was the that's the news. Yeah, man. Oh. Yeah. I'll edit this down. I'll cut this down a little bit and cut out some of a lot of the rants that I just went on. <laughs> yeah, we'll trim it. I'll trim it. But that's awesome, man. Justin's a maestro. Well, that is first awesome. one. And uh, make sure you guys log in if you have to Venmo or you have to whatever the kids do nowadays. Cash app. All proceeds, as I said, are going to Fred Van Fleet's uh, Ben Taylor Fine Fund. So on behalf of the Honey Badgers. So, all right. Thank you. All right, man. Peace. Till the next one. Peace.